All right, all right, all right. It's Thursday night. It's out of sight. This is Oscar Mike Radio coming at you from the Hubazoo Network. You can find out more on hubazoo.com. Check it out. Me and all the other podcasters making great content for you. All right, uh, getting right to it. This is episode 112, September 20th. Glad you're here. Going to start with the question of the week. I, I don't know. Wow, I've never been asked this before. I got asked, what do you think about the Navy's drag queen? And uh, I didn't know the Navy actually had a uh, drag queen. I, I didn't know that was a thing. So I had to do some looking around. And there are several articles about this sailor who works on his drag routine on a ship. And his command has no problem with it. And it's only slightly amusing to me as a Marine because the, the Navy guys get the kind of taste and suggestions anyway about things like this. But to actually see it is something else entirely. And it is a sailor. He's 24 years old. He's in, He works in administration. So is he really a sailor? Okay, he pushes, pen, he pushes paper on a ship. That's what he does. But he is 24-year-old Joshua Kelly, stationed on the USS Ronald Reagan. That's an aircraft carrier. And as the articles say, he has a passion for performing in drag. That's dressing up like a, a woman. And I, I guess he does this for his shipmates. Um... I don't know what to think, guys. I, I, I don't know what to think, except to say when I was in, uh, you probably wouldn't see something like that. Things have definitely changed on a lot of ins and outs in the military since I was in. I don't know if I would ever do anything like that, and I can't see any of my fellow Marines doing anything like this. I don't know how this runs in the Air Force or Army, but uh, leave it to the Navy to lead the way with uh, drag performers. Part of me is like, you know, if that's his thing and he wants to do it and he's getting his job done, what do I care? Part of me is, of all the people doing all this cool stuff in the military, both professionally and personally off hours. Is this really newsworthy? I mean, he lit up the uh, AP wire and everywhere else. So I'm not really sure. And I may do a podcast on this in the future, but um, I didn't know quite what to think. I'm still kind of speechless. I guess I can say, you, you know, he could be drinking, drugging, doing all kinds of other stuff. So on one hand, if he was, he wants to dress up like a like a like a woman or some kind of drag queen, and perform, and, and he's not hurting anybody, what do I care? Yeah, I, I don't care. I, I just wish. Well, I don't know what I wish even. I, I don't know what to say. I'm kind of speechless, which is not good, but it is what it is. And 
That's my story. I'm sticking to it. So that's the question of the week. That was a good one. Uh, thanks, guys. All right, so moving on now to the word. The word in the military comes from all around, usually from up top down to bottom, past orally information. The word can mean anything. So I wanted to revisit a story I did back in uh, episode 48 about an Air Force veteran. I, I use veteran in the loosest sense of the word. She served in the Air Force by the name of Reality Winner. Kind of wonders what her parents were doing when she came into this world. I mean, you named your kid Reality Winner. Well, name notwithstanding, Reality Winner thought it would be a good idea to give out classified information to our enemies and got caught doing it. And the question was, was she doing this to be a whistleblower or was she doing this to protest? You know, what's the deal here? And I can tell you there's a time in this country where we wouldn't even be talking about this. She probably would have been taken to Fort Leavenworth and either thrown in prison with the key thrown away or put in front of a firing squad. It's just that simple when you do what she did. Instead, uh, they handed down a pretty stiff prison sentence. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. But, you know, I just can't get behind the way this went down. Okay. Um, yeah, you're sitting at a desk. And yeah, it's just files or paperwork. You know, what's the big deal? What's the big deal is in the right hands, people can take that information and do all kinds of, of things with it, bad things, bad, bad things. And she leaked classified information about the uh, Russian interference to the uh, 2016 election. She worked for the National Security Agency. And she was sentenced uh, to five years in prison with an additional three years for... Um, with like supervised release or probation. And um, she is the first person to be charged with the Espionage Act under the Trump administration. And, you know, she felt like she had gotten a bad deal. And, you know, my problem with this is twofold. Okay. At, at no time am I justifying her actions. Absolutely in no time am I saying what she did is right. But it, it kind of, when you look at what she actually did and how she actually did it and what was actually given out to our enemies or people who don't like us, however you want to say it, you, you kind of have to look back at what um, Senator Clinton did, Secretary, Secretary of State Clinton, I'm sorry. Um, I'm just going to say Hillary at this point. I mean, it doesn't matter anymore. With the private email server and the private emails going to the email server and the files on that server that uh, were recovered and what was put out on that server and the hackers got access to that server. And you do have to ask yourself, why isn't Hillary Clinton in jail right now? Or at the very least, her IT manager for allowing this thing to be built. That That's, that's the... That's the first real problem I have with this is, you know, once again, 
It's, it's not what you know, it's who you know that gets you through life. And, and my problem really is we have to look at this thing uniformly across the board. Classified information is classified information. You have procedures for that information. These procedures must be followed. They must be adhered to regardless of your rank, your, your, your function, who you know, how long you've been in government, so on and so forth. So I, I just asked the question to myself, what is the difference between what Hillary Clinton did and reality winner did that got reality, uh, you know, essentially eight years of punishment and, and Hillary Clinton nothing? I do not understand that. I, I've never received a good answer for it because what Hillary Clinton did was clearly out of bounds. And I don't think people really understand the true uh, impact of her actions in this matter. Uh, second thing, which is pretty obvious, I mean, again, going back to World War II and World War I and other, you know, conflicts we were in, there was an expression that said, loose lips sink ships. People in America that subverted uh, the cause and collaborated with our enemies were considered threats and dealt with accordingly. Sometimes quietly, sometimes not, but generally uh, spies weren't, for the other side, weren't uh, regarded very well. And, you know, my problem with this is reality became kind of a celebrity and, you know, a, a, a leader of the charge for taking down Donald, President Trump. And, you know, all the Trump haters, you know, loved her, so on and so forth. But I'm like, that's that's not the point. The point, again, is you work for the National Security Agency. You have that kind of responsibility. You serve our country. You know what's at stake here. Under no time was that right. Because she wasn't blowing the whistle on anything. She was giving out documents to foreign entities about what happened in our election. And I challenge anybody to tell me how that is right, how that warrants her getting any kind of attention more than our uh, disgust and, and loathing at the uh, betrayal that she tried to commit against our country. She's not. She, she's not a, a winner. Uh, she has lost greatly. And, you know, she'll probably get out and... and you know, three to four years of good behavior. The only good thing is she probably will never work in a top secret or a job or a job that requires a security clearance. Those days are officially done. You, you just can't be trusted. And that's the thing I want you to remember about somebody like that is if they can do that when the stakes are, are this high and, and go against what they've sworn to, to do, and because, you know, you sign the documents saying that you're going to not divulge any kind of information you shouldn't divulge, you sign the documents saying that you accept the responsibility for any kind of breach or are fair to follow the, the, the terms of the non-disclosure agreement, you, you sign all that willingly to, in order to uh, get and maintain your employment for one of those places. You have to ask yourself as a potential employer in the future, do I really want her in a position where she could take my information about my organization and use it um, for her own gain? 
my point is she's probably going to look forward to a life of maybe she may write a book. She might even get a TV special out of this. I don't know. But the most she's going to get is working some clerical job or uh, just non-job job. That's not really a term, but what I'm trying to say is it's not going to be a rewarding career that she could have had had she, uh, you know, kept her nose clean. That option for her is over. And again, I, I just have to say, you know, I'm looking at what she did and, and the reality that she's going to have to look at, no pun intended, for the rest of her life. And I still can't understand uh, why Hillary got off Scott clean and, and she didn't. Uh, Jennifer Trace is another person that comes to mind who uh, acted inappropriately with, with uh, the, the due care uh, of classified materials and paid a heavy price for that. Reality Winners getting ready to pay the price for uh, her actions. You can find out more on, uh, I'll have the link in the, in the blog post uh, to episode 48 where I first talk about her and what she actually did and what that actually meant. But I, I just... And, and I looked it up and I tried to figure out how it works because the, the law is pretty black and white when it comes to this. But other people get away with other things and other people do not. And it really uh, raises some questions with uh, how this all goes down. So really the point here is, at least in this case, I believe they wanted to make an example out of Reality Winner. I believe they wanted to show, they as in the Justice Department wanted to show that, okay, we have an instance here where classified information was misused. We have clear evidence showing that. There's no reason to beat around the bush here. We're going to throw the book at Reality Winner and you know exercise uh, uh, justice to the full extent of the law, and that's what they did. So... There are certainly ways to protest. There are certainly ways to raise awareness about uh, something going on in government or in your job that, that you feel is at best immoral or at worst outright breaking the law. But again, this is not what she did. She did not do any of that. She simply turned over documents about the election to foreign entities. Um, and she shouldn't have. She knew what she was doing was wrong, didn't care. And now she's paying the price. And that's going to be a long five years before she can return to society and another three years on top of that before she gets any kind of normalcy in her life. And this thing that she did will follow her around for the rest of her life. It absolutely will. Unfortunate, but that's the way it is. So I just felt it interesting because, you know, almost 70 episodes we first heard about her and talked about her, and now it's kind of coming to fruition. And I think what I'm going to do is, if this happens again with somebody else, I'll definitely do a podcast on it. Um, again, my, my final question to myself and, and to you all is, why does the law and the punitive aspects of breaking the laws around this, why are, these, um, why are people treated differently than other people? What, what, what constitutes sentencing guidelines for this kind of uh, activity. So if you've got any ideas or answers, you can just drop me a comment on the blog post. Uh, look me up on Facebook, smash that like button, drop me a line at OscarMikeRadio.com or TravisOscarMikeRadio.com.
So uh, no complaints from the complaint department in a while. They have been on assignment, so I'm going to move right into an upcoming event, which is uh, something that I can tell you right now I am going to be at. Uh, I am not going to miss this. I am definitely looking forward to um, checking this out. Really, really, really uh, through Mistress Carrie and you know her work, uh, really appreciate getting to uh, get with the people from 22 Kill Boston and 22 Kill about the outreach they do and looking forward to getting to know them better. Uh, it, it is truly a group that is solely focused on reducing or eliminating veteran suicide. Uh, for many reasons, 22 veterans a day is not hyperbole. It's not exaggeration. It is an actual number. I can tell you right now, uh, look at the research. I've looked at the numbers just like everybody else does, and you can, no matter how you slice your dice, it's between 18 and 25 people a day. About 22 veterans a day kill themselves, and that is that is simply unacceptable. And 22 Kill, 22 Kill Boston is there to do what they can to raise awareness and, and make that number go down to zero however they can. And it's cool because they have an event coming up where um, they're doing fundraising. It's called 22 Kill Casino Night, and it is Friday, October 12th from 7.30 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. It is Friday, October 12th from 7.30 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. at the Emerald Hall, 30 Central Street, Abington, Massachusetts. That's in the South Shore. It's not in Boston. So... Um, they're going to have casino-type games. You're going to pay a donation at the door, walk in, uh, play some casino, have some fun, maybe win some cool prizes, get to meet some of the 22-kill crew, and have a good time. And, you know, and why are these things important? Because you know they're raising money not only for their organization here in Boston, but they're also going to give a portion of what is raised to the, the Biker Church in uh, Taunton, Massachusetts. That's also supporting the 22 Barracks, which is just built. And it's, it's a, like a 10-person 10, 10 uh, supportive housing unit in Taunton, the first of its kind on the South Shore. And, and very big, very, very big stuff going on with 22 Kill and 22 Kill Boston. One tribe, one fight. And I am going to be there. Uh, I plan on being there. I plan on checking it out. I hope to see Gunny and uh, the Good Reverend um, and some of my other friends, maybe some of the Mass Hole Marines will come down and check that out. Uh, you're not going to want to miss it. And I believe it's $25 to get your ticket to come in the door. You can't miss it. This is something that's very cool that doesn't happen very often. And, um, you know, it's going to be a good time and all the money is going for a great cause. You can find out more by going to 22 Kill Boston's Facebook page and just clicking on the event and you'll be notified of updates to it. And again, yours truly will be there. Hope I take your money, the play money or the chips, and uh, we have some laughs, have some yucks, and uh, we raise money to uh, win this fight because it's a fight. It's a fight when you're staring into the abyss, as Jim Tuff says, 
and you can decide to step off that abyss or stay in the fight. And sometimes it may seem easier just to uh, take that step, but you have to know there's people out there who are committed to getting you back into the light and staying in the fight. So again, that is 22 Kill Casino Night, Emerald Hall on 30 Central Street, Abington, Massachusetts, October 12th, 7.30 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. And again, yours truly, uh, P-Dog, a.k.a. Oscar Mike Radio, will be there. I'm going to end this a little bit differently. I got asked, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to Boston. I want to check out some military stuff. What's there for me to see and do in Boston? What kind of events can I go to that are open all year round? You know, what do you got? Uh, two things come to mind really quickly that are super cool that I've been to multiple times and it never gets old, never goes out of style. And that is if you're in Boston, you absolutely must go to the USS Constitution Museum and the ship and take the tour. Uh, it's the oldest warship, uh, active, active warship in the United States. Yes, I know it's wood, and yes, I know they're doing a lot of stuff to it, but it is the oldest crewable warship in the United States, and it is just cool seeing this thing and realizing that, you know, almost over 200 years ago, you know, we, we got our freedom because of the people that served on this ship. And it just shins, it sends chills up and down my spine thinking about it as I'm standing on this, on this wonderful piece of history. And it, it's, it's a must-see. You can, you can walk there from downtown Boston. You can also drive there. Uh, parking's a little funky, but once you understand what's going on, it's pretty easy. You will be searched. Uh, they, they do a pretty good job with security there, and it's understandable because you're actually on part of the, the Navy slash Coast Guard base that's, that's in Charlestown. But it's absolutely something that you have to do, no doubt, no question. Definitely worth doing. And I think, I think it's, it's cheap money. I think you pay, you know, if you want the, the extended tour on the ship. But it it's all goes to the upkeep for the, the, the USS Constitution Foundation. So, again, uh, for all the things you can do in Boston, it's, it's a must-do for anybody. Especially if you like, uh, you know, ships, boats, you're in the Navy. Can't go wrong. Cannot go wrong. And speaking of the Navy, the second thing I tell people that's an absolute must-see if you have the time and want to drive a little bit south is go to the Battleship Cove Museum in Fall River, Massachusetts. That's about 30, 40 miles south on uh, Route 24 in the Fall River where the uh, USS Massachusetts is at her resting place. Um, well, she's still floating. She's still... Um, you know, in, in the water, but you can actually go on the ship. You can actually see the, the, the guns and certain parts of the ship and understand how the sailors lived. And, and, and again, just, just how big that thing is. It, and thing is not really the right kind of word, but that is a big boat. That's a large ship, and it's really cool to see it, especially when you uh, go from that ship to like the uh, Russian missile destroyer, they got uh, a submarine down there that you can go on to. The submarine's very, very cool. They've got a helicopter um, 
they got a helicopter uh, display. You can sit into a UH-1 Huey and, and get an idea of how actually little that is. It's, it's kind of funny. Uh, I'm sitting in this thing. I'm like, wow, there's really no armor protection for you when there's bullets flying at you and you're trying to land this thing in the middle of a firefight. I mean, that's uh, pretty sobering when you think about it. Uh, there's uh, a gift shop. You can also eat on the ship if you want. Um, they have a little galley and you can eat on there they've got events going on there all the time and the cool thing uh if, if you can figure out and, and ascertain if your grandfather or great-grandfather now depending upon how young or old you are served on the uss massachusetts you can find your family plaque in the uh, main tower area and, and track it down and on my um children's side their grandfather served on the uh, USS Massachusetts and during World War II. And it's, it's a really uh, somber, humbling moment when we find his name and kind of give granddad, uh, well, in this case, gotta be granddad props for, uh, you know, what, what he did and how he served, you know, our country. It's just uh, cool as all get out. Those are two things that if, if you had the time, you're coming into New England, coming into Boston, you've got a weekend to kill, and you're a military buff, and you want to see something uh, cool and unusual, those are two things where you really can't go wrong. There's tons of photo opportunities. You can take pictures anywhere you want. Uh, the area around Battleship Cove has really been built up. They've really uh, made it nice where you can walk or just sit and you know have a picnic or take some photos, eat at the local restaurants down there. There's some good Portuguese food in Fall River, and then head back to Boston or go down to Rhode Island. Uh, Newport, Rhode Island is not too far away. You can have a lot of fun doing that. So I just felt it important uh, because it's fall time, and some people come through around Columbus Day and Veterans Day coming up, and I, I definitely want to give some props to those two uh, things you can do. Do not forget October 12th, Friday at 7.30 p.m., 22 Kill is doing their casino night in Abington at the Emerald Hall. I will be there. Can't miss it. So the reality is uh, she is not a winner, but we all are because we are together and we're trying to do this thing. So that is it. Have a good week. This is Oscar Mike Radio, and I am out.